G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's mailbag edition of the Extended Bench Podcast where we're here to answer all your questions off of Twitter so if you ever do have any questions over the weekend when the footy's going on or even if you're just wondering about a player to bring in or who you should be getting out of your team just uh, let us know at Extended Bench AU on, uh, on Twitter. Um, yeah, give us a question anytime. So we're going to jump right into it because we've got a few questions this week to get through, actually, Matt. We've got heaps. All yeah. right, so which is great. We love you guys sending us it's, in questions. This is awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, first question is from Ryan, which is a, a two-parter by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. He's saying, uh, after the successful revival of Ellis, if you could choose... Which player would you send to live at Cochin's house? I didn't see that part of the question. I thought it was serious. <laughs> Good question, though. Um, the Cochin revival. All right. So, which which player would I send to Cochin's? Maybe Jack Crisp as a mid-year move. That yeah, would be nice yeah, for a lot of nice. coaches out there. Nice. See, my immediate thoughts were Robbie Gray or Walters. Oh, yeah. But I think that's part. That's more their coach than mm. actually them necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I mean even I like Crisp though. Dusty. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's playing for the same team, so maybe he could just go spend the summer over at uh, over at his place. And when Dusty's nice and cheap next year. He'll be a much better player. That could work. That's a good idea. Actually, no, I'll pick Dusty. That's a good one. All right, we'll go Dusty. I'm happy with that. Yeah, there you go, Ryan. Uh, His second question is, uh, so I've got Crisp, Taylor Adams, and side bottom in salary cap. Is it time for them to go, and who is the priority? All right, we did talk a little bit about this um, during the, uh, the main part of the podcast. So, Matt, if you don't mind looking up Taylor Adams' details. Cause uh, yes, give me one second. Basically, if you were to ask me between just Crisp and Sidebottom, I would be suggesting Crisp is the first one that you should be getting rid of. Alrighty. So, Taylor Adams, we're looking at 607,000, break-even of 102. Now, mm-hmm. his numbers for the year are... I'm going to take me a moment to find. Yeah, so from memory, uh, he scored something like an 82 or an 83 this week. He's going around mid-80s to mid-90s Which is not what you want, because you bought him in thinking that he was going to take that Trelaw spot and those Trelaw points as well. He hasn't. And he just hasn't. So, I mean, he would actually be top of my list. If if I was to rank them just off of uh, memory, I would suggest Taylor Adams is the first one to go for me. Jack Crisp is the second one to go with yep. Steel Sidebottom way below them as a bit of a luxury trade. So Sidebottom can bounce back. Um, obviously, we talked about raid trading him in er- earlier in the pod. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, of those, yeah, I definitely go Taylor Adams, Crisp, and then yeah, so, uh, Sidebottom. So Adams, his last month, he's gone 80, 101, 90, 83. Um, they're not the worst numbers ever, but they're not good enough for the role that you want him to play in your team. So. 100%. If he was a forward or a defender, you could deal with those scores a little bit more, but as a midfielder, nope, nope, nope. Cut Taylor Adams out quick, mate. Move him on. And yeah. as we've said in the main podcast, their next three games are against teams that don't give up a lot of points. Exactly. So. Um, all right, we've got a uh, question from Craig. Good on you, mate. Uh, should I trade Fritch Tahini? Or Dangerfield in AFL Fantasy. Uh, he's a little cautious of danger after only one big score. And uh, he's thinking Heaney has more consistent scoring. I mean, we do say every week that Heaney is consistently scoring in the Heaney zone. 95 yep. to 100. Uh, this week he got the Heaney Plus with 103. Yep. Uh, so I think this comes down to the other guys he's got in his team. Agreed. So if he's already got guys that have got that high ceiling, mm-hmm. and he doesn't necessarily need a high ceiling guy, he needs a consistent guy, 
maybe Heaney's the way to go. Yeah. Um, if you're after um, rankings improvement yeah. or, or someone that has a high ceiling, Dangerfield might be the way to go. Yeah. It, it, uh, so, obviously, you can't uh, answer us back, Craig, but uh, I would be suggesting if you have Menegola in your forward line already, that I would be going with Heaney. If you don't have a player like Menegola, who's a, an up-and-down player with a massive ceiling, yeah. you can bring in Dangerfield to be that sort of yep. player for you. Yep, I like um, that. But, I, I, like you say, I always hate having too many of those high-ceiling but low-consistency guys uh, with the big standard deviation because yeah. there could... That one week in finals, I mean, it they could all, all go missing at once. Oh, it always happens, and they all score sixty-five or something, and then those just consistent guys—they get a ninety-five. Yeah, and uh, oh, jeez, it frustrates you. So, so I'm, <clears throat> yeah, I tend to like a bit of a mix of the two. Yeah, I, I generally like one or two of those guys who have high ceilings, but even if they are a bit consist- inconsistent in my team, mm-hmm. uh, but I like to fill it out the most of the part with really consistent guys. Um, so yeah, I so hopefully that helps. Yeah, hopefully that helps. Um, if I was just to ch- uh, say right now, just between the two, not looking at your side, I'd still say Heaney because he's been so good over the whole year. And yep. you're right, Craig. Dangerfield has been pretty inconsistent, to be honest. Yep, agreed. Uh, question from Brody, who's asking: uh, Can either of you explain Todd Goldstein's turnaround in form? Uh, I'm starting to think the real Todd Goldstein was abducted for the last year and a half. And he's recently returned. Uh, do we have any more plausible theories? Matt, your theory is as good as ours because yep. I honestly like the abduction theory because, I mean, Todd Goldstein's a weird looking dude, so he could be from another planet. But no, uh, no, nah, nah, I've got no idea what's been going on. Yeah. And like I said, come on, Todd. Come on, mate. Did you have to do this? Just... His year has been oh. so inconsistent. Looking at his numbers, he's gone from 90s to... 117, 60s, 70s, 90s again, 70s again. And then in the last month, he's got 118, 93, 132, 125. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for that, mate. The week Thanks, I, I got rid of him a month ago, the week before he started doing this, we said earlier, it's always the way. Try not to get too down on it, but it still hurts. Yeah. Um, but no, I can't really explain it, to be honest. There doesn't seem to be a market change in the way North Melbourne are playing. I know Jared Waite has been out, but that can't possibly be influencing it, I wouldn't suggest. It's just one of those things where sometimes you're just feeling it, sometimes you're not. Yeah, I mean, I know the commentators have been saying virtually all season that he actually has been playing good footy. Oh yeah, but he's just not been a fantasy player. He's just haven't been turning over. So maybe he's just winning more of the ball now. Maybe. Um, uh, maybe another thing is Magic Dawes really come into some good form as either a pure defender or a pure forward over the past few weeks. So maybe he's playing significantly less rock time. Um, yeah, it's really hard to say. Uh, so I know that doesn't help, Brody, but if you own Todd Goldstein, you're laughing. If you don't own Todd Goldstein, you're jealous and a little bit pissed Actually, off. Actually, you know what it is? Just looking at his numbers, mm-hmm. he's had a lot more marks in the last month. Yeah? So, so he's getting around the ground more. Um, either confidence or... <laughs> Um, his touch has come back or something, but he's getting more marks and he's getting more of the ball, I think. Okay, all right. I'm moving on to the next question, but I'm not happy about it because it's that bloody dating advice AFL (laughs) guys who are somehow stalking us through the the ether. And uh, I'm positive that we know who's running this thing, but it seems to change up every single week. So uh, It might be a committee. It could be a committee. Um, it's a 
committee of idiots, but uh, we're we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're moving on. You and, really hate these, don't oh, you? Oh, mate, they're, they're so random. Um, so this week's tweet is, uh, okay, I have a confession. Uh, I made an AFL fantasy team under my girlfriend's name and email. It's currently in the top 20, and I think I'm a chance for either the top prizes or a hat. However, we're on the rocks at the moment. It's not good, and we're fighting constantly. I even pulled a Clarko the other day and put my fist through the wall mid-fight. As you do. Uh, Do I stick with the relationship until year's end? She knows I have the team in her name and is aware of how well it's doing. How do I keep the price of myself without alerting her? All right, so first no, question, no, 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 do you no, think don't, this oh, is Jesus. actually legit? Or no, are they this, just no, playing with some random story? This can't be legit. That can't be a legit thing. I mean, oh, all right, I'll pose this question to you. Have you ever, ever yeah. made an alternate team for yourself in salary cap? Draft leagues, you can't, but... I, I've had two teams. Have you had two teams rocking I had a joke team once, yeah. Oh, you did, didn't I you? I had like a themed one. I think they all had beards or something. I remember or that Or they all team. had t- tattooed terrors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you did uh, I forgot one to, year after the other. I you... forgot to do um, changes after like round three or something. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it was didn't go well. It was back in the day when obviously Maxi Gorn was running around with a beard. Uh, Will Schofield used to have his beard. Um, yep. Chris Marston as well, I'm pretty sure when he had that beard. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a good fantasy team. but No, it really second. wasn't. I think the first year I played uh, AFL Fantasy Footy, way back in the mid-2000s, I think I had a second team going under another email address as well because I didn't know what I was doing. But I guess, surely, it's not difficult. In fact, most people would have more than one email address. You don't have to use your partners. No, no, you don't. So, uh, So I'm calling calling bullshit bullshit as well. So, (laughs) and I'm moving on. I'm not replying to this. Um, On on the off chance that it is true... Australia says no, we do not condone domestic violence, so maybe just try and tone your anger yeah, down. Yeah, don't, a don't bit. put your fist through walls, mate. Come off it. Jeez. That's our takeaway. <laughs> Australia says no. Uh, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and we're going to move on to a question from Bags, uh, who's asking What's the early call on JPK, and has he lost that second half of the season magic he's had in previous years? Uh, Nick Newman out of favour at the Swans also um, uh, playing forward not defender um, so I think Nick Newman's always out of favour at the Swans mate again uh, so clearly he's back in the side at the moment so he's edged off of sleeping with Horse's daughter which is which is a good sign but you know he's probably still making out with her on the side or something like that so he's doing something small and it's still pissing off Longmire which means he's playing forward at the moment I still think he would be a terrific player at another football club. A, a club that really needs a, a defender, a hard-nosed uh, rebounding defender. He would be a really good fantasy player. But at the Swans, at the moment, it just doesn't look like he'll be that fantasy player for us. No. Um, going back to JPK, I mean, we here at the podcast, we have the uh, the Brody Law, which mm. uh, named after our good mate Brody, who's been on the podcast a few times. Uh, which states that players, you know, those big-bodied inside midfielders get better during the middle of the year um, and towards the end of the year because they are... In the wet rain. In the wet rain. A lot of other players out there, they've been in at the contest and those more yeah. uncontested players, the they're bodies more, wear down a bit. They're more contested games. Exactly. Um, Long season. But JPK is getting older. He's not getting any younger at the moment. He's 30. I, he's 30. And it could just be that he's his body's wearing down. Obviously, he was injured this week. But he's been inconsistent prior to that as well. And I honestly think it might have just hit that point where 
we have gone past the best days of JPK as a fantasy player, at least. So this is my theory, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago in relation to Hanbury. Sydney play a very contested game style. It's difficult to play. It's hard on their bodies. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it game in, week in, week out, game after game for years. And because mm. they play finals every year, it's not just 22 games they're playing. It's like 24, 25, 25 26. most of the time, yeah. Every year. And it's just crash and bash all the time. Yep. And I think, it, it, like you said, it wears them down. Hanabry has dropped off significantly this year. Massive. Park has been really inconsistent for a few years. JPK starting to show signs of wear and tear. Wear and tear. Mm. It might just their bodies might just be getting worn down by years of attrition. That's an interesting thought. Um, but I, either That's way, the you only look, thing I yeah. can think of because it's it's across the board for all of their key inside mids. Yeah. And either way you look at it, I guess it, it does point to the fact that yeah, I think we have seen the best days of uh, JPK's fantasy footy. Um, obviously, he'll still be a very good player, and he still is a very consistent AFL footballer. But from a fantasy point of view, it just doesn't look like he's putting up the numbers. But yeah. as you say, Sydney as a whole aren't either. Uh, so next question we've got is from Jackson at Jackson Connor Eleven. Uh, he says, "G'day lads. Oh, g'day mate. G'day. How you going? <laughs> Good on you." Um, uh, he's asking, "In what order would you prioritise these trades one through four? Uh, so <laughs> okay. I might okay. have to write these down. So we've got Crisp to Danger, mm-hmm. Gibbs to Gaff, yep. Tom Phillips to McRae, and Steph to Grundy." Uh, he's looking at doing all of these at some point, but I don't know how I should prioritise it. Cheers. All right, so first up, Phillips to McRae can wait for at least a fortnight. I would suggest, yeah. So that, that would be put on the back burner. And I would say the same for Steph to Grundy at the moment as well, because Grundy's had that 68, which means his break-in even, even will be quite high at the moment. It will, yes. <clears throat> and he's got Goldie this week. Yep. And then... He's probably got a good game after that. It might be mm. is it Dawson Simpson and Lobb. Yeah. And then he's got Callum Sinclair. We've got to look at the players that he's taking out as well. So, obviously, Tom Phillips had a pretty good game still, even in a loss last week. So, you mm. can be pretty happy with him on your field still. Yeah. Steph Martin, we know that he's been very consistent all season. You'd be pretty happy with that. So, I would suggest that... They're three and four. They're three and four. And I'd probably do the Grundy one last. I would as well. I think McRae is a couple of weeks. Yeah. Grundy. You can hold three weeks if you need, but yeah. any longer than that, and you're losing out. Exactly. Um, and Grundy's probably if if McRae's a couple of weeks, Grundy might be after this poor score, might be three. But again, it'll depend what he puts up next week. Yep. Um, and then the other two, obviously, you're bringing in Danger and Gaff. Uh, for me, I'm going Gibbs to Gaff first. Gibbs to Gaff first because be- because Gaff- even though Chris Ooh. is playing badly, he's a defender, mm-hmm. so you, you can, can wear get- those scores a bit more. Yes. Uh, whereas if you're getting an 84 or from something Gibbs. like that from Gibbs That's as a midfielder, it's killing you. And Gaff has been so good this year. So good. Uh, one of the few midfielders averaging over 110. He's been fantastic. So so I'm going Gibbs to Gaff. First. Then Crisp to Danger. Second. Then Phillips to McRae. Third. And then Steph to Grundy. Love it. That's a great list. So yeah. Jackson, hopefully that helps you out, mate. Um, Feel free to check the numbers and make sure we're not just... Completely <laughs> pulling stuff out of our ass. Absolutely. Because that was all off the top of the head. Uh, next question is from Matt Mottram, who's wondering, uh, what do we do with Gibbs, Neil, and Pendles? Uh, is Sloan a good value pick? Uh, and he's wondering the best eight mids for finals as well. Cheers, guys. Well, uh, you're welcome in advance, because I don't know how we're going to go with this. few questions yeah. in there. So we'll hit the first one. Uh, and what do you do with Gibbs, Neil, and Pendles? Hold Pendles for me. 
Yeah, uh, I'm just having a look at his numbers now. Yep. Check out Pendles, but for me, Pendlebury is a hold. Neil and Gibbs, you have to move on in salary cap leagues, though. Alrighty. So, Pendles went 75 this week, but yep. their entire team was average this week. So, uh-huh. we can probably we'll not put that disregard one. it, yeah. but not hold it in as much. Um, you, you, can't, you can't you yeah, can't give that too much weight. Um, week before, 123. Week before, 95. And week before that, 101. So, yep. he's... Pendles is fine. I don't think he's top eight, but he's probably the safest of those three to hold. I like it. Yep. Um, so, uh, who else have we got? Uh, and Gibbs and Neil. Gibbs. Both of those need to go, and my order would be Neil first and Gibbs second. Uh, I'd almost go the other way because but, Neil... But it would be close, though. It would yeah, be very close. And in Neil either is order, just getting a lot of the ball. Either order you do it in, you've got to get rid of both of those because they are absolutely not top eight mids. Yeah, um, agreed. Unfortunately. Uh, is Sloan a good value pick? We talked about that earlier, and yes, uh, along with Shuey would be yep. a good option, Like particularly being almost 40k less. Yep, but buyer beware, because he will get tagged soon, and he will drop off in points a lot. He will. Um, geez, I mean, if you went Gibbs down to... Uh, Gibbs or Neil down to uh, Shuey or oh, Sloan, Shuey. both of those guys, that, you make a teeny Shuey, bit of money. Yeah. Mm, make a teeny bit of money there. Yep. Um, all right, and the last part of that question was best eight mids for finals. Now, uh, I'm okay. just I'm going to riff this off the top of my head, yep. um, and let me know how you think I go. Okay. All right. So first, we've got Tom Mitchell. Yep. Done. Uh, second, I would have Andrew Gaff. Yep. Uh, third, I would have um, Zach Merritt. Yep. Uh, fourth, I would have Stephen Cornelio. Yep. Uh, although that is a very very tough one. Um, fifth, oh, it starts to get even tougher here. Actually, fifth, yeah. I would. Maybe try to... Oh, Jack McRae, sorry. Jack McRae. Yes. Easy choice for me, considering finals will be coming up. Yep. Um, sixth. Jeez. Oh. I'd almost be... Maybe, considering the rich vein of form he's in at the moment, even trying to work a point of difference like Dane Beams into it is okay. yeah. very interesting. Um, Josh Kelly would be in there for me as well. Yep. Uh, we were talking about him earlier. Oliver? Or is it Oliver, a year too early? Oliver and Dane Beams are that point of difference who I might sneak in at eight. Um, yeah, so one or the other. Yeah, one, one or the other. Uh, and, geez, so we've got one more to go. Who would we lock in as our sort of seventh? And then, obviously, like we say, Oliver or Beams would probably be our yeah, um, because we, eighth pick. Um, we did look at this... Jeez, this was one of the podcasts that we were going to do and yeah. we weren't able to. We were actually yeah. going to come up with it's this really, list. It's really, really tough. Um, we did it like a month ago and then now, all Now changed. that I think about it, uh, all right, Joel Selwood had a really down week, mm-hmm. but Joel Selwood prior to this was really looking like the guy. Like He was averaging 100... Yeah. He's still averaging 107, but prior to that poor score, he was averaging 108.5. Yep. I'd be happy to say... That my top eight going into finals would be Tom Mitchell, Andrew Gaff, uh, Josh Kelly, Zach Merritt, Jack McRae, uh, Stephen Canelio, um, Joel Selwood, and one of Clayton Oliver, Dane Beams, or maybe even Matt Crouch. Yep, okay. I like um, that. As, so those last three there, 
could be those interchangeable uh, point of difference players for your eighth spot. And I might throw another name in there as well, Paddy Cripps. Paddy Cripps, yeah, interesting. But he's a real risk-reward guy because he he can go missing. Uh, And if I was to rank those guys for my own team, I would probably rank uh, Clayton Oliver as the highest point of difference. I like Clayton Oliver. I love Oliver. So both of our top eights then have Clayton Oliver at the eighth player. Yep. So hopefully that helps you out there, Joel mate. Sherwood is the one that I'm not 100% on because he's, like, he's, when he's in a rich man mm. of form, it's amazing. He just goes beast mode. Yeah. But down game this week. However, yeah, the other guys that you might think of, I mean, who have we got? Like um, uh, um, Steel Sidebottom, mm. who's been poor in a couple of games recently. Scott Pendlebury, who was poor yeah. this week and only sort of been a bit more average. Yeah. I guess my thing is when Joel Selwood's run ends, it can end very suddenly and yeah. without warning. Mm. So... Give him another week and see if he bounces back. And if he bounces back, then all good. But if he has another down week, yep. I'd maybe be looking at one of those other guys instead. Yeah, happy with that. Um, hopefully that helps you out, Matt. Um, so we've got another question here from Nick, who is wondering... Uh, it's more of a footy question. Would you rank? Uh, who would you rank higher as a player or potential player from Frio's tall forwards? Uh, we're talking Tabena, Cox, McCarthy, and Apness. Uh, this is an interesting question. That, I a... actually had this conversation with some friends earlier today. Okay, well, you you take a whack at it and I'll <clears> tell <throat> you what I think. I was com- very much torn on it. So I like probably Tabiner and Cox the most at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like what Tabiner was showing in those couple of games to start the season off before he got injured. It looked like he was finally starting to realise the potential he has. Yep. Um, with that great work ethic... Um, Good contested marking on some games. Yeah, um, Cox, I really like his hands. He's a great mark, really athletic, but I don't feel confident with his goal kicking. It has improved a bit, though, so I like those two. I can't really split them at the moment. Mm-hmm. McCarthy, I'm just not sure what's going on with him at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know. Apness, I like because I think he can be that crashing the pack guy. Cox can do that to a degree. Tabiner, it's not really his go, but um, Apness can crash packs. He's got a big body. He's strong, but injury prone, and we haven't really seen enough of him yet. So I'm probably going Tabs and Tabiner and Cox one and two in some order. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't and it? And then McCarthy, Apness in some order. I don't know. Um, I, I I tend to agree with you. But with a bit of a caveat of I haven't seen enough of any of these guys to show that they are going to be like true powerhouse AFL forwards. Yeah. And I know that sounds like it's coming from a really jaded position as a West Coast fan. But, and you obviously being a Frio fan. Mm -hmm. But. But I agree with you. They, I mean, Tabena, yes, he's got that potential. He's got an amazing contested mark on him, but he's constantly injured or... Or just he not. He hasn't been too good with injury no. over the. No, he hasn't been course. too great with it. And the one time that he's shown enough, he's That's injured he himself. Injured. Usually, yeah. it's form for him. It's not injury. Um, yeah, and that that worries me as well. Coming back from injury, that that form might not be there. Yeah, uh, Cox. I, agree. I would almost rank Cox as the highest because he's really showing a lot this year in the absence yeah. of almost anyone else standing up. McCarthy has done nowhere near enough for me. Um, in his tenure at Fremantle. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Apness, I'll give him a bit of slack because, yes, he's been injured and that's tough, but he is starting to put some things together at the moment. So I 
I I would rank Cox the highest of those, and yeah. then the other three would be sort of a little bit middling towards. Yeah, that probably does swing me actually. The but it, but it's tough because Tabner had did show a lot at the start of the year, hmm. but then he's gone and gotten himself injured, which so it's just really really unlucky. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, I, I probably will stick with sort of two categories but not really sure how they sit in each of those yeah hopefully that helps you out there Nick Um, and we're more than happy to answer footy questions as well but we are definitely more of a fantasy podcast yeah Um, so we've uh, also got one last question from Goonbag Fantasies which welcome back on the podcast mate because again you've still got the best name going around in Twitterverse Uh, so he's wondering uh, which one out of McRae, Kelly and Beams should we wait for McRae to go down in price with two difficult matchups in the next two weeks uh, easy question to answer. McRae, for me, of all three of those. Yep, agreed. And but I also agree, wait for two weeks wait, for to go down. Wait for a couple of weeks. Wait for, or at least one week. Like, if he smashes out 150 this week and almost meets his break even, yeah, you can go out and get it because yep. he's just too good. If you are wanting to do one of them this week anyway, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have a look and see what Beam's... I think Beams prices. is about 720k. But so what's his break even? Uh, because I'm just thinking you could get him in. He's got a lowish break even. So make some money on him and then decide if you want to keep him or turn him into McRae. Yeah, or turn someone else into McRae. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's a good point because you can always upgrade. If you've got one yeah, more rookie got... in your midfield and this is your last upgrade, uh, Goombag. Yeah. If then... you've got like, no other things you need to do on your other line. So if your yeah. team's pretty much complete. There's there's not much use just sitting around on, with it. Yeah, no trades. Uh, you may as well get that last rookie out, bring in someone else, and then wait for McRae to go down. Yeah. So right. Beams is seven twenty thousand and break even of ninety one. So not really. Yeah. So yeah, I tend to agree though. If my preference would be to get McRae, but you well, wait a couple of weeks. If, if Goonbag, if you're playing a rookie like a, a Seer or an Ed Phillips on your field and that's your last upgrade maybe like we were talking about earlier Sloan or Shuey someone like that for a couple of weeks and yep. then goes straight to McRae and it's a point of difference for you as well interesting um, hopefully that helps you out or out like I said if you have any questions at all during the week make sure to get in touch with us on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU and we'll give you a hand in next week's podcast so what we're going to do is jump right into our favourite game of the week which is Risk It for the Biscuit now Uh, I'm sure you all know how to play at the moment, but just in case you're unaware, this is that game where, uh, you know, if you're in a draft league, uh, you've got to match up one particular week. It's against the the ladder leader. Maybe it's a a rivalry matchup from uh, last year's grand final, and you just need that one extra big score to get you over the line, say you've got an injury or you've got someone performing really poorly. This is the guy that we think off the waiver wire will score really well this one particular week and maybe even help you out a little bit going forward as well. So this is the player that you should risk it on this week. So uh, I believe that you're ahead of me at the moment in terms of points. Yes, so the scores at the moment, uh, I'm on 10, you are on 9. Last week I had Billy Stretch who decided to injure himself and... Leave the team a couple of days after I'd selected him. Unfortunately. So, um, that was unfortunate. Yeah. And then I had Sam Wright, who got 72 as a defender. It's just not quite there. Just not quite there. It's unfortunate, but generally the mark is 75 for a a defender. 
Still, even so, I think he might have beat your two combined scores together. Oh, that Almost. was that was quite woeful. So actually. you had Matheson, so I think got fifty something. How in a Brisbane win did he do that? Well, but we play on. Yep, and Menzel, I think, got thirty something. I think got twenty seven. Did he? Yeah. So I actually think that I might have beaten them both with just right. But that still doesn't give you a point. It does not. <laughs> no. Um, and obviously the rules for this is the players have to be under 50% owned in Ultimate Footy so that most people will have access to them. Um, and generally during the year we uh, have uh, a bit of a rule that says that we can't have selected them twice. We've ditched that rule because not only had we scraped the bottom of the barrel, but we had burst through that and we were about six feet underground. It yeah. was woeful. The barrel is gone. <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to start this week. I believe you got first pick this it week. Is my first selection this week. So I am going to go something a bit different, something mm-hmm. we don't do very often. I am going with a Ruckman. Oh no, you've cho- chosen my guy. That hurts. <laughs> I'm going with Jordan Ruffin. Yeah, that hurts. Um, Dogs Ruckman, 43% owned. So he's playing for his career at the moment. Um, first game back in the side after, I think we figured out earlier, it was like four or five weeks off. Uh, he had 101 versus gone. Mm-hmm. Versus gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week he has West Coast, who are going to be missing Nick, Nick Nat. As we've said, all podcasts, like I said, is is a number one Ruckman anyway, but it's still going to be an easier matchup than it would have been. Yep. As I said, he's playing for his career, so I think he's going to be out to really just smash yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be particularly good as well. I mean, obviously he was one of my players that I selected. Uh, he... Um, uh, it's really interesting, especially for two ruck leagues out there in draft leagues. So you are scraping the bottom of the barrel if you're needing a ruckman, especially if you've just lost uh, Nick Nanui. So Jordan Ruffhead is the guy that you can pick up and hopefully have a little bit of faith in it. He's also, I mean, he scored that 101 against Max Gorn. Yeah, that's what I said. And uh, But just going back another couple of weeks before, uh, uh, about five weeks before when he was playing again, uh, yeah. before he was injured, he had the 71 and 70 against Gorn and Grundy. Those yeah. were his last two scores leading into that injury. That's actually pretty decent against two of the best Ruckman yeah, in the league. they were both in good form at the time. Yeah, so, I mean, I really don't mind that. All right. His issue is he's just always mm. injured. Even when he's playing, you always see him linking to the... Um, you do. To the bench for some reason. You do. It's it's uh, really unfortunate. Um, uh, my pick is, uh, I've gone with another Bulldogs player, a defender this time, uh, by the name of Jackson Trengrove. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, tall, third, sort of up-marking defender. Um, he's playing West Coast this week, just like Jordan Roughhead. Uh, it's a tougher matchup from a fantasy point of view, but... That can be a bit deceiving for defensive options because the ball should be in their defense a fair bit, which means plus sixes. A lot of rebound options. Mark and kicks. Um, He's coming off some solid scores as a defender as well with 73 and 95 in the last two weeks. He does tend to do rebound rolls as well. He does. Sorry, intercept rolls, I mean. So it's a good chance for him to score particularly well. Um, And yeah, if he can put some consistency together and get some more of those, you know, high 70s, mid 80s, low 90s, he could be a really interesting option as your last choice on the the field as a defender. So I like it. My pick this week for Riskets. I like it. All right. Who have you got? All right. Pick number two. I am going with a Hawthorne forward. Okay. Who is owned by only 9% of leagues. Okay. Brendan Whitecross. Oh. The forgotten man. The, I literally forgot about him. <laughs> it's... So I think this was his first game back. Um, I don't even know if he's played this year before mm. this one. If he has, it was at the very beginning of the year. Yep. But he uh, had 75 versus Brisbane in a loss. 
Um, he played a lot on the wing in it, sort of that half forward type role. Mm-hmm. So uh, this week he plays Carlton. So I'm just expecting him to go to town because yeah. he is a good player. He works hard. He has skills. He has talent. Um, he has scored well in the past from fantasy wise. He's just sort of injury and he's been overtaken by some other guys. But he has. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping he can go well this week. I like it. Um, all right, my last pick for this week is uh, um, we have not had luck with these this year with the youngsters coming in, but uh, I'm going with Colin O'Riordan from the Sydney oh, Swans yeah. after a really solid uh, 82 against North Melbourne, who are actually 84, sorry, who are a notoriously difficult team to score against. They are. He's coming up against Gold Coast this week. Notoriously easy team to score against. At home as well. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if you could possibly get a better chance to score amazingly well, but as a rebounding defender, um, he's one of those really highly skilled Irish players yeah. um, with a lot of run as well. Uh, I think they'll want to get the ball in his hands a fair bit too as a youngster. So, And there's no chance they're going to drop him this week, particularly against no, Gold Coast with not safe. a massive risk. Uh, I really like that as a pick as a defender this week. So my question for you Mm -hmm. is, are you concerned that the ball's not going to be in their defense enough for him to rebound? That was a concern, but they're playing at the SCG, and at the SCG, the ground's so small that... Good point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter quite as much. I mean, it's not like the old Subiaco or even the MCG. Um, It's tiny. Yeah, Gold Coast will kick it from their half-back line and it will end up in... Exactly, in, in their the, uh, forward 50 yeah. somehow. <laughs> so uh, so that is our Risk It for the Biscuits picks this week. Hopefully that helps some of you guys out, particularly in your deeper draft leagues. Uh, and that's our podcast for the week as well, actually. Done. That's yeah. good. Thanks for coming in, Matt. Um, great time as always. So what we'll do is uh, we'll end it there and then we'll be back next week. Remember to get uh, onto us on Twitter with any questions at ExtendedBenchAU. Uh, and if you listen to us on iTunes, jump on there, give us a rating, give us a review. We always love reading those. And hopefully you have a fantastic weekend of fantasy footy ahead of you. Remember, finals are just around the corner. Catch you.